come with me, we're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon Beanie, everybody. Welcome. To another episode of Fantastic Cruising, I am Matt. And I am Kimbra. And it is not Halloween yet when we're recording this, but it will be past Halloween when you're listening to it, because that's the way it works. That is the way it works. We're on Halloween Eve, which is weird, because Halloween is All Hallows Eve, and this is like Halloween Eve Eve. Well, this is Hallows Eve Eve. Yes. Isn't that what I said? Well, Halloween is Hallow's Eve. Eve. What? Halloween is Hallow's Eve. Yes. So. It's Hallow's Eve. 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 Right. It's Halloween to the squared. No, to the second. I don't know. Anyway, it's. Anyway, it doesn't matter because when you are listening to this, Halloween will in 2020 will be over, which is the least scary thing of 2020. So. Kind of. There's that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so hopefully you did listen to the Halloween episode and enjoyed that. We had fun making it. But now on to bigger and better things. Look, um, thank you guys out there for supporting us and getting those reviews into the iTunes, the stars, the comments. All very helpful. All very appreciated. Keep them coming because we... We like it. We like the support. It helps the helps the podcast. If you want to help the podcast in other ways, you can send us emails, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Drink. Your participation is greatly appreciated. I don't think we have any emails this week. We don't. I've actually, I check emails at least five times a day. Really? At least. Hoping. That's, that's probably very disappointing for you. It, well, <laughs> I get really excited. Well, I mean, I've got way too many email addresses, but I get on because it doesn't show me if I have an email until I like get on and then it's like updating email. So I have to actually like get on to watch oh. for it. But I get really, really excited when we get an email to Fantastic Cruising. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, we didn't we get one do. this week. We both get pretty giddy. Pretty giddy. Per- that didn't work. Pretty giddy. Anyway, yeah, and uh, if you really want to support Fantastic Cruising and you happen to have a few extra dollars a month, you can join our Patreon. Go on to the go on over. I can speak to the Patreon website and search for Fantastic Cruising, or just look for the link in the show notes of this very podcast that you're listening to right here and now you can join at different levels and if you join at certain levels you'll get things like postcards which right now until we get too many (laughs) patrons and i can't keep up which we're not too far from uh you get hand drawn well hand colored at this point postcards well they're drawn they are drawn by me and then printed and then colored so yeah i used to hand draw and color them that was a lot of work too many patrons for that but i still hand color them all 
And I draw the one design. The Halloween one was really cool, I think. I, I liked it. It was really cool. I, I considered coloring them, but then I saw your coloring and I knew that it wouldn't be as good. <laughs> and if you join at a higher level, you can get a cruise creature print every month. Yes. So, so there's that. Anyway, that's enough of the commercial. Thank you, guys, though. We really do appreciate the support. Uh, we don't depend on this as a source of income, but we do have expenses and we do put a lot of work into this podcast this is what episode 63 is that what we're on already i don't even know let me check let me uh let me just look at the fantastic cruise creatures list and that's how i can tell oh yeah this is episode 64 now on if you go to itunes that number may not be accurate because there was a faux pas at one point that it might actually say it's episode 64 Five, but it's not. It's episode sixty-four. You'll see we're missing one. I wish there was episodes. a way to fix that. I, there probably is, but it's long and drawn out and complicated and whatever. It, it, just know this is episode sixty-five, sixty-four. <laughs> Do you even know what it is? Matt? I don't know what episode it is, <laughs> except that it is episode sixty-four. So that there's that. There is that. Hey, this is not the podcast for cruise news. Do n- If you are coming to this podcast for cruise news, you should go elsewhere because we are not the pr- cruise news podcast. There are several that exist that do a great job, and we don't need to do that because they do a great job. Like Cruise Radio, for example, is probably the best cruise news out there. Not even just podcast, just period. And very up to date. And there, uh, there are other podcasts like uh, Always Be Booked and the Lolita Loca podcast. And uh, occasionally the Cruise Dudes put out a podcast and they all cover news. So we don't do that. But we will occasionally say something if it is important. And today when we're recording this on Friday, October 30th, Halloween Eve Eve, there was a pretty, pretty important thing that happened. And that is with the CDC. Yes, the CDC. You're done with CDC. Yeah, you know me. Sorry, go ahead. Do I get to speak now? Yes, please. The CDC lifted the cruise ban. (laughs) Yes, they lifted the cruise ban. Not just lifted it. There are some requirements. There are. That that the cruise lines are going to have to meet, which I am all in favor of. I mean, look, if we just go cruising random and don't take any precautions, then we're just going to be repeating history. And, uh, you know, that's not a good thing in 2020. We don't want to repeat any of 2020. Okay, Hindsight is really 2020. In this case, we need to abide by that. I mean, I would repeat our Keys trip. That was a good part of... What? I would repeat our Keys trip. Well, that's true. That was a good part of 2020. I stand corrected. There has been... and, And our cruise... And our cruise. Yeah, but on the whole, for the general public, 2020 just is like a steaming pile of crap that's on fire. And smelly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we need to just stomp it out and get on with, with, it, with it. But anyway, that's pretty cool. Um, the reason that one of the reasons that, that I don't like to cover cruise news around the, especially right now, is because I feel like most of it has been speculation and I don't. I don't want to add to that. So this is not speculation. This is actually something that happened. So we can report that it happened. And that is good news, I think, for everyone. Because whether you're on the more cautious side, um, 
whether you're on the I don't care, let's go cruise right now side, whether you are on the I won't get on a ship if I have to wear a mask side, or whether you're a, like, I'll do whatever you want me to do, just please get me back on the ship side. This is a step in the right direction. So we're getting to whatever level you're comfortable with. And uh, this is this is a first step. So uh, I think that's exciting and it's good. And uh, hopefully, hopefully it's a sign of the times. Sign of the times. Sign of the times. A sign of the times. That's I don't. There's is there a song? The sign of the times. I don't know. Um, I mean, there's I saw the sign. Uh, I saw the sign. I thought and open up my eyes. I, I thought saw you were gonna do. Sign. Okay, I've heard. I've heard that song. I I was immediately going to, I shot the sheriff. Oh. But that I don't know why because that has nothing to do with it. Anyway, uh, what's on what's on tap for today? We got we got a topic. It's, do, it's fun. Yes. So actually, I'm glad you brought up the the CDC cruise ban being lifted thing because that's actually what made me come up with this topic. Because okay. seeing yep. into the future made the me future. think happy positive things, which is which is yes, which is no. <laughs> Apparently, that's the most googled Halloween costume this year's witches. Yeah, isn't that funny? I mean, I'd be a witch. Why not? Yeah. Um, So it is our top seven cruise ports that we want to visit. Now, this was your idea. It it was. And you said, hey, let's come up. Let's each come up with our top seven cruise ports. And I said, seven? That's odd. (laughs) Don't laugh at him. Stop laughing, all of you, right now. Keep laughing. No, at me. don't do it. Don't do it. It's Keep feeding his me. ego. <laughs> Is my head getting bigger? That was probably not a good echo. Anyway, uh, <laughs> why seven, Kimbra? So my explanation for seven was this was so this number came into my head before I actually sat down and started thinking of what I would choose, but. The reason I picked seven. What are we, the numerology podcast now? I am thinking of the number seven. Sorry, go ahead. The reason I picked the number seven is because I thought 10 was too many. I mean, 10 is never too many. I want to visit them all. But I thought 10 was too many. And five didn't give you enough if Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao are in there. (laughs) <laughs> then you only got two left. Then you've only got two left. So I made it seven so that it was somewhere in the middle to give that option if I ended up putting all three of those ports in my list. Some people say seven is a lucky number. I prefer 13. Some people say 13 is an unlucky number. I don't know of any cruise ships that skip the seventh deck, but I know of a lot of them that, well, they don't really, look, They you can't skip the 13th deck. You can call it something different. Hotels do it, too. I know, but we all know what it is. We all know what it is. It's like the I2 numbering system, and then everything is often a number. It's, I don't know, it's, I, it's I infuriating. Think, I think 13 is a great number. I mean, hey, Dan Marino was number 13. I mean, he didn't win a Super Bowl, but he was a great Without a 13th day in October, there would be no Kimbra. That's true. That's true. Okay, yeah. All right, 13, 13 wins. Why didn't we do our 13 favorite or most for I mean, what? I do have 
some honorable mentions. Together we'll have 14, which is one more than 13. It's like 14 plus one. Or or it's like 13 levels where they skip the number 13 and just make it 14. <laughs> no, that would be... Wait. Yes. That's okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Now, um, <laughs> are we going to see how well we sync up? We should never use that word when talking about cruising, man. Are we going to see how well we match up or uh, or what? Do you think we matched up? How many of these do you think we matched up on? I guess um, I answered my own question. You think we matched up on one... Four, seven, twelve? I think we matched 12. up on... Don't look at my list. I'm not. I can't see it. I'm looking at mine. Um, four. 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 I'm I, probably very wrong. I think we I think we synced up on... I'm going to say three because well, here... And here's why. And this is a little insider information that I have for my own picks. I tried to be creative with my picks i tried to um i tried to, to to switch it up a little bit so uh but i have good reasons for every port that i picked i have good reasons for that so i think three is what we're going to hit on so i am going to throw out here i do have four honorable honorable mentions okay i um, didn't do that so because they, I, I, I couldn't narrow it down to just seven. Wait, wait, <laughs> you couldn't make a decision? <laughs> I know that the listeners out there don't know you like I do, except for a few of them do. Like if your mom listens to this, for example. But, uh, yeah, so that's no surprise. That's so, all I'm saying. That's no surprise. When I say four... I think that it is possible. You mean 11? Well, four honorable mentions. And seven choices. That's 11. You did seven 11. So so when I say four, I think some of yours may match with honorable mentions. If they don't match with my seven that I actually numbered one through seven. Okay. So. Did you do yours in an order from like seven counting up like in order of ones you want to visit the most or did you just do them random whatever random um both so i threw them out there all random and then i tried to order them okay. but they're not ordered that well because i ordered mine that's why i'm asking. oh i ordered them to the best of my ability okay i mean yeah i mean some of these i could move around and i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't care but I tried to, I was thinking about the order when I did it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. So just just to be clear, in this order, you're going from like seven to number one. Yeah. Who does it the other way? Otherwise, they hear number one. They're like, <laughs> why do we keep listening? We've heard the best. I just need to know because I numbered it one through seven, which means I have to read it seven through one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> Can you handle that? Shut you going to be all right with that? <laughs> okay, you go first. You know what I think is happening? The more podcasts that we do together, the more that people really get to see, like, inside the car when we're driving somewhere. Like, this <laughs> This is the way the conversation goes when Kimber and Matt are, are traveling 
uh, not so. I mean, yeah, we might have these kind of conversations like at home or, or wherever. But I mean, really, we're at home right now having this. That's conversation. true. That's fair. <laughs> that's valid. But really, it's in the car when when this sort of banter happens. And uh, this is you're getting pretty much this is like reality TV, Kimbra and Matt, reality TV or Matt and Kimbra, whatever. Kimbra and Matt. OK. You're, all right. Who's Just ask go? Mallory and Andrew which way it goes. <laughs> I think we've gotten both from them. So, <laughs> well, by the way, they made it back from Mexico, and uh, lots of cool pictures. She posted some of those on the Fantastic Cruising community, right? Yes, she did. If you haven't seen those, look, seek them out. If you're not friends with Mallory in the Facebook world, she posted the, her, her dive pictures. Why? Well, I'm assuming her and Andrew both took pictures um, over on Fantastic Cruising, the community. And uh, there's some really cool pictures. They saw some amazing things in their, like, marathon dive trip that they did. So check it out. Yeah. Check it out, man. Okay, cool. Matt. Okay. Let's let's jump in. Let's dive in. Uh, let's do that. You want to go first? No, I want you to. All right. Coming in at number seven. It's the most northern port of all mine on the list. And that is going to be Bermuda. Uh-huh-huh. Come on, pretty mama. Bermuda, number seven. Now, do you want to, how do you want to do this? Because we have reasons. Do you want to give me yours and then we both give our reasons? Or do you want me to just go into my reasons? Tell me your reason. Okay, here's my reasons. Reason number one, Tony Dials. That's right. Oh. Tony Dials. We interviewed Tony Dials and Tony gave rave reviews of Bermuda and I've gotten rave reviews from other folks as well. Uh, Roy shows whose birthday it is today when we're recording. Happy birthday late. I don't know if, I don't know if Roy uh, listens to the podcast these days, but if he does, there you go. A little Easter egg for you. Um, and uh, yeah, Tony really sold me on Bermuda. Uh-huh. And now there's some other reasons, though, that I would like to go to Bermuda. One, it, I feel like it's a very unique port. It is the most northern port of the... I mean, you can go further north, right? You can go up to Canada, oh, Canada, or Alaska on the other coast. But as far as North American cruises, it's the most northern sort of tropical port. And so that is interesting to me. It's way far out. It's not the Caribbean. But it has a lot of the same species of animals there. I just think it would be a really different port. Um, I like the fact that a lot of cruises will go there and stay the night. I think some of them even might stay two nights. And that is pretty exciting for me because that means you could possibly, you know, have more time to explore and investigate. And the final reason that I chose... Bermuda as my number seven, and it made the list, not as why it's number seven, is because uh, our friends over on YouTube, Blue Horizon Divers, who um, who watch our dive videos, we watch their dive videos, they always have kind words to say, and they are based out of Bermuda, and watching their videos, there is some epic scuba diving to be done in Bermuda. And I would love to go over there. I don't think they listen to the podcast because they're not cruisers, they're divers, but I would love to go over there and look them up and just meet them and hang out with them and dive with them. I think that would be awesome. And we'd have an inside like connection over there. I just think Bermuda would be a lot of fun. 
That's Bermuda. That's my number seven, Kimbra. That number was... seven, Bermuda. Is Bermuda on your list? Well, I, well, okay. I guess we won't. We shouldn't do that because I don't want to spoil. Yeah, anything. don't don't be asking so, me that question. So so we'll, we'll go over the, the we'll go over how we synced up at the end, you know, unless we hit on the way, then we can mention that or whatever. Okay. All right. What's your number seven? My number seven is Cozumel. Cozumel, okay. which I've of course been to before, four times, and it's still on my list because it is one of my favorite ports. Um, there's tons of stuff to do there. Like I said, I've been there four times. Every time I've done something different, there's lots more I still haven't done. Um, well, there's, I, I, I don't even know what to say. It's Cozumel. It's wonderful. Also, like you said, Mallory and Andrew just came back from there and all of their amazing diving pictures and stories and creatures that they saw. I haven't, I haven't dove there yet. So... There have been a lot of cruise peeps going to the Yucatan Peninsula because they can't cruise. And man, most of them getting smacked around with hurricanes. Every time they go, DJ, boom, hurricane. Nurse Nancy, boom, hurricane. There's There's been a whole list of people that have gone there and got hit with hurricanes. I don't, that didn't happen to, to Andrew and Mallory. It did not, no. But uh, yeah, I mean, I... Cozumel's not my number seven on here, but I, I agree with all that. There's so much to do in Cozumel. There is a lot. There is a lot of stuff I've done in Cozumel, and there's so much I haven't had a chance to do yet in Cozumel. So good good choice. Thank you. All right. So uh, on to number six, you want me to go to number six, or do you want to do your number six? Go ahead. Do your number six. I'm going to do my number six. Okay. At number six, coming in at number six, Matt says, going just a little bit further south than Bermuda, Bimini. That's right, Bimini. Great diving at Bimini. We've watched lots of videos about all the amazing scuba diving going on in Bimini. It's so close. It's so close to Florida. You can take a ferry over there. By ferry, I mean a pretty big boat but anyway and uh and so maybe after we go to bimini we'll be like hmm, maybe we want to go over there and spend like a week in bimini which we've talked about doing it's a little pricey compared to say our keys trip but maybe it's worth it maybe it's worth the extra expense maybe we can find a better deal and uh, i'm also wanting to go to bimini because that means if i go to bimini that i'm cruising on Virgin Voyages, and I'm pretty curious and excited to try Virgin Voyages because it seems so different and unique and interesting. Different and unique kind of mean the same thing, but you know what I'm saying, right? That so I'm so that's my number six, Bimini. Also, I know there's a lot of shark research that goes on over there, so I feel like my chances of seeing a shark would be uh, increased, which, which makes me really happy. Well, that's where the hammerhead shark swim stuff is, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Stop. Hammerhead time. Do, 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 do. So there you go. That's, that's number six, Bimini. All right. Bimini Christmas. So my number six is Kauai. Kauai? Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii. Kauai. Oh, okay. All right. So... I wanted to look around the world and choose some ports. And I think it'd be cool to cruise to Hawaii. So I looked at the ports that were around Hawaii. 
and read some stuff about Kauai. And there is awesome diving. And, well, I mean, we watched the YouTube channel um, Mick, was it Big, Mick Bergsma? Bergsma? Um, he does a lot of GoPro videos. But yes. he's always doing underwater stuff, and he lives in Hawaii. And, of course, seeing that makes me want to dive there. Um, it'd be really cool to see, like, Pacific fish, which we don't see in the Caribbean because it's not Pacific. <laughs> And, That's true. And the one thing that I read, the specific article I read, said that you can, you know, just see all of these cool fish, some different eels, and then there's manta rays that will just swim by you. Nice. And I'm like, okay, Kauai is going on my list. Kauai. <laughs> Kauai. Kauai. That's cool. Yeah, I... I um. Yeah, I would like to go to Kauai. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think that would be that would be pretty. Neat. It always annoys me though when we watch Mick's videos because Mick does a lot of. Uh, he's a great source for GoPro info. Yes, like he does a lot of GoPro stuff, and he's he does really good thorough tutorials and Very especially underwater stuff. And detailed. Yeah, yes. yeah, and he does reviews and everything, um, and he just seems like a really cool guy. But he always annoys me because he's like, you know. Oh, I'm just going to go out and test this feature. So I'm just going to go out, you know, eh, we'll just go swimming today and see if, if the sun's shining enough. And he's out on like the coral reef and there's all there's always a sea turtle. Always. Always a sea turtle. This man just just goes swimming with sea turtles on a whim whenever he wants and to. And I'm I'm sure it's not that he just happens to, you know, use the sea turtle footage over and over. No, 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 no. no. He just jumps in the water and there's a turtle. Yeah, it can't be because he's doing different things yeah. on camera and there's a flipping green sea turtle. Always. So, yeah. There's never two, though. You notice that? Never two green sea turtles. What's up with that, Mick? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so that's your number six. That's my number six. All right. Are we going to keep it going like this or are you going to go with number five? Here? No, you go number five. Okay. I'll go with number five. Number five. Number five on my list is Perfect Day at Coco Cay. Now, Perfect Day at Coco Cay is something I have experienced in the past. However, I have not been there since they did all their renovations. And I am not super excited about doing anything with the renovations, but I do want to see it. And I just flippin' love, that's my word of the day, flippin' love Coco Cay. It is one of my favorite places to snorkel. And I just like it. It's I, I love... I love the cruise line owned islands. I love not having to worry about anything. You just focus on the experience of being on the island. And as long as there's some underwater to do, to do, then I am a happy, happy camper. So, um, so yeah, I, I also think that and one of the other reasons I put it on here is that I think that Coco Cay might be one of the first places that people are allowed to go post, well, we won't be post-pandemic, but once cruising does start to go again, because a, a lot of what we're hearing is, you know, you may not be able to go to certain ports, but the ones that'll be safe to go to will be the ones that are owned by the cruise line because there's nobody else there. So if you can be on the ship with them, you can be on the island with them. I mean, yeah, there's some people that work there that... um but not very many, not very many. Most of it's run by people that are working on the ship itself. So 
Coco Key, Coco K, K Key, K Key K, is my number. What was that number? Five. Five. It's my number five. So. Five by five. A little Buffy reference. I'm going to go ahead and mention that Coco K is one of my honorable mentions because it was in my list and I moved it out of the top seven. But that doesn't mean I don't want to go there. You booted it out of the top seven. Just because I, I was only allowed to choose seven. She gave Coco K the boot. No. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, what is what is your top? So uh, your number five. My number five. Number five is a little unconventional. Yeah, unconventional. I don't know if it's really allowed or counted, but I put it what? in there anyways. You kicked out Coco K, and now you're gonna give me some some side rule stuff. All right, what is it? Galapagos. I'll, I'll allow it because it is a cruise. It could well, be a cruise destination. Mind you, not a standard cruise. It's not, but it is. You get there by taking like a special expedition cruise. Yeah, you have to get there. Yeah. I think you have to get there by a boat of some sort. Maybe yeah. you can get there by like helicopter, but I don't I don't know that you can. I think that almost everybody except I'm sure there's like researchers that go by helicopter or something, but uh, pretty much you're limited to a water vessel to get there. And it's, it's usually a smaller cruise line and it's usually pretty pricey, but uh, wow. Galapagos. Tell us, tell us about the Galapagos Islands. Okay. So this is what I wrote down for the reason. Duh. 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 That's what you wrote for <laughs> That's the reason. That's what I wrote. But I mean... For those of them, for those of our <laughs> listeners out there that don't understand why the Galapagos <laughs> would be a duh, maybe you could elaborate a bit. I just thought it was funny. Like that's that is what I wrote down. Duh, um, <laughs> diving, Galapagos tortoise, marine iguanas. I don't know if you can dive there. You can't dive there. I think I know you snorkel there. Okay, snorkeling. I mean, I'm sure you. I'm. Maybe you can dive there. I don't know. Maybe somebody out there knows. FantasticCruising at gmail.com. Have you been to Galapagos? Have you gone scuba diving there? But I know snorkeling is more of a thing. Okay. Well, that's fine, too. I like snorkeling. Just... With the sea lions and the marine iguanas. Yeah. Like, all the wildlife there is is my reason for Galapagos. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, I mean it's such a unique island. It's the, the wildlife there is unique. It's such a historic place. It's one of the main areas where Charles Darwin really sort of um, started to understand the theory of natural selection that is the still the theory that we use to explain how living things have evolved. It's it's really it's on it's high on my list. It's not on my list. Spoiler. You didn't think about it. I didn't think about it, but it's high on my list of places on the planet that I would like to see before I leave the planet. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I'll get to, but I, it's on. It's very high on my list. Yes. All right. So Galapagos. Galapagos. All right. I guess you want me to say number four. Yep. You're number four. Number four. Number four on my list is Bon Air. Bon Air, baby, because we should have been there like last week. Yeah. But we weren't. No. So, poop. But, yeah, Bon Air, it's the only 
island of the ABC islands. I have not been to yet. Not that I've been to the other two a lot. I've been there once each. Um, and it's the island that I knew about as, as a wee lad looking at his skin diver magazines. That's a scuba diving magazine for those of you that have a dirty mind. And the cover was always Bon Air. And it just looks like a magical, amazing place. It's world renowned, renowned, renowned scuba diving. And I need to get there soon. It looks incredible. Legendary diving. That's what I have. Haven't been there yet. Legendary diving. And let me just say this. If I'm going to Bonaire, I'm probably going to be going to one or both of the other ABC islands as well. So that, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a positive mark for Bonaire. Good old Bonaire. So there you go. That's my number four. Four. Yeah, four. Yes. I should have numbered mine. I put little circles. I numbered and now, mine. And now I don't know what <laughs> numbers they are because I can't count to seven. Oh, Matt. I just hit a, I just hit like my move goal or something. And I'm sitting in a chair. I did. I did. I just, my Apple watch just said that I achieved my move goal and I'm literally sitting in a chair. Because you're over here waving your arms I, around. Am I? You're I guess cheating maybe the that's system. It. It's not cheating. That's exercise. <laughs> okay. All right, my number four is St. Thomas. Ooh, okay. So, St. Thomas is on my list because I want to move to an island in the Caribbean. And St. Thomas is a U.S. territory, which means it'll probably be easier to move there than somewhere like Grand Cayman, which is my number one choice. Um, But I've never been there. So, I want to go, check it out. See how I like it, and then convince you to pack up and move to St. Thomas. Well, it's not that you'd have to convince me. It's that <laughs> we would have to win some sort of large sum of money to afford to live there. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't – yeah, I St. Thomas, I am excited for you to see St. Thomas because it is – I have only been there twice, and I feel like I've just barely skimmed the surface just – just barely, I just took the lid off and smelled it. You know, I, I haven't really experienced it. The first time I went there, I went to their little tiny aquarium, which was really cool, but it's a little, you know, it's a little aquarium at St. Thomas. And uh, it was neat. And it, and it gave me an opportunity to kind of walk around St. Thomas, which is a really neat place to just walk around. And uh, there's, you know, there's shops, there's restaurants and stuff. Felt, felt really comfortable there. And then the second time I went there, I did an excursion where they packed us onto a catamaran and they took us to swim with sea turtles, which we did. Um, it was a little bit, the excursion was a little cramped. I know that was part of the group cruise with the cruise geeks and Lolita Loca. And I know that everybody had fun, but some of the people on that excursion were a little bit like, we were kind of cattle herded a little bit, but it was still amazing. And we did get to see sea turtles so i feel like um there's a lot more to see in saint thomas for me and everything i've seen so far i have liked a lot yeah so okay so that's number four right that's number four on to number three number three on matt's list is cans cans okay australia i think that's how you say it I and think that's how you say it, too. I think I looked up the pronunciation. I was going to hit the little 
audio thing to tell me how to say it. But then I was like, well, if I do that, it'll give it away because we were sitting right next to each other doing our research. I think it's cans, cans, cans. Anyway, uh, it's cans. And it also said Yorkie's knob, which sounds a bit rude for us Americans. But um, the reason I would want to go to cans is because it's Australia. Hello. <laughs> I mean, that's it right there. That could be the only reason, but it's not. It's not because there's other choices in Australia. I could have chose several ports. I did look at a bunch of them. And the reason I chose Yorkie's Knob is not because of the name, but because it is considered the gateway to the Great Barrier Reef. So you have Great Barrier Reef diving or snorkeling right there. You've also got the rainforest right there. Both of those things super high on my list of things to do. And I know it's a bit of a drive, but I'm pretty sure we could talk Dave and Sue into coming up and seeing us. Also, it's not like we're just going to cruise to one port in Australia. So we're probably going to cruise out of Sydney, which is close to where they live. So we're going to get to hang out with Dave and Sue. Don't forget about Ian. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Ian. And Ian. Actually, actually, uh, Ian is who I was thinking of when I was looking this stuff up because I know Dave and Sue have done, whoa, have done like a short cruise, I think out of Australia, but Ian has done more and Ian goes to cruises that I think leave from Australia, but go to like Fiji and stuff. So he's like, he's like my Aussie dive guy. Well, I think he just snorkels, but he should dive. If he doesn't dive, he should dive. So he's snorkeled in Alaska. He's snorkeled in Fiji. And so we would just have to bring him with, we'd have to bring all of them with us on the cruise. But Ian, <laughs> you have to go on the cruise with us. Dave and Sue would have to go on the cruise with us or just drive and meet us at all the ports. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say, just because you mentioned an Australian port, in my honorable mentions, I wrote Australia because I couldn't pick just one port because. They all sounded cool. Also, I didn't like get into the nitty gritty of research to figure out which one gave me the Great Barrier Reef like you did um, because there were too many to choose from. And then there's also the one that like is um, near the Australia Zoo, which is Steve Irwin Zoo, um, which is a different port completely. And I'm like, well, I can't choose. Also, if I'm going to Australia, I don't want to just go cruising there. I want to like go there for a couple weeks. Yeah, but that's so not the, that's not the name of this game. I know that, but I couldn't I couldn't narrow it down enough to just put one port. So I wrote Australia as an honorable mention because I just couldn't choose. So you wrote an entire continent. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All um, right. Anyways, my number three. Um, so this one, I don't know much about this port at all, um, but I would like to dive in this area. So I looked up cruise ports in this area to see what it came up with. And it is, I think you say Male, maybe Maldives. The Maldives? Well, or but it's M-A-L-E. Mali. Mali. M-A-L-I or M-A-L-E. Oh, I thought Molly Ma- was M-A-L-I. So I don't I, know. Anyway, it's in the Maldives. Yes. It's the Pacific. Um, yeah. Is okay. it the Pacific? Yeah, I think so, isn't it? It's south of India. 
Yeah, I think that's the. Is that the Pacific? Uh, let me let me do. Is it, quick... it the Pacific over by California? Well, the Pacific's also over by Australia. <laughs> <laughs> As we do a little ge- ge- geography. Anyways, I don't know. I don't know anything about that port, but I want to dive in that area, so I picked that port for the diving. Maldives. It's literally at the south point of India. Because I had to look up. Well, where there's it was. the Arabian Sea. I'm looking on Google Maps. The Ara- or IMAPS actually. The Lakadives. La- I don't know if they say it. Lakadive Sea. Um, let's see if it's it's Indian Ocean. Maldives is Indian Ocean, okay. which makes sense. It's south of south of India. Okay, Maldives. Yeah, I mean, I hear a lot about the Maldives. They're like out in the middle of nowhere, but um, Indian Ocean is a lot of amazing. There it is. It's Mal. I don't know how you say it. Cause it's got the little signal symbol. Yeah, that's thing what I said. E. Malay. Malay. I don't would know. Would be my guess. How do you, how do you pronounce it? Send us an email, and then we'll be just as confused. Unless you can, like, you know, write it in a way. It pronounce sounds. it out in spelling. Probably Malay. Yeah. Malay. Malay. Anyway, I always hear people say going to the Maldives. I always thought they. I thought they were in the South Pacific, but they're not. I'm wrong. So cool. I mean, I would go there because. Coral reefs and the food's probably really good, too. Yeah. So that is my number three because, I mean, because of diving. But food food works. I'm I'm getting into Indian food. Yeah, we're, we're taking you over to the, to the Indian I mean, food it's, cuisine side. It's pretty narrow right now, but I'm venturing out here and I there. I mean, it's, it's hard because for Americans, there's not the, – Indian food is not – that plentiful sadly and so you know we we're kind of used to sort of mexican food and sort of chinese food the the american versions of those but you know we there's more restaurants more availability so usually most americans probably know a few dishes now i think in certain cities indian food is more common some of the larger cities and stuff and i know in the uk indian food is much more common i don't know if it's as common in in australia we'll have to find out but um but it's it's hard because you go to the restaurants and it's and if you don't it's hard to tell what anything's going to be just looking at the the menu. So you have to really go to the buffet and try the different dishes. And a lot of the ones that I think Americans are familiar with are actually sort of the UK version of Indian food. Because that's like, I feel like that's like their Chinese food. You know, like they have a lot of that because of, it's because they were like a big colonial power taking over the world. And they, anyway, they... But there's some really good food. So that's the point. Yeah. All right. On to number two. Number two. Number two on Matt's list is, and I had never even heard of this one, Perfect Day at La Lepa. La La Lepa. It's not even open yet, folks. Nobody's been there yet. Well, I mean, I'm sure people have been there. But not on a cruise because it isn't happening until 2022. Oh. Yeah, I found this little gem, and this one is in the South Pacific. It is it is near an island called Vanuatu, and it looks amazing. So this is part of the family of islands owned by Royal Caribbean called Perfect Day at fill-in-the-blank. This is the only one in the entire 
Southern Hemisphere. I think it even claims on their website it's the only cruise line owned island in the Southern Hemisphere, but I don't know if that's accurate or not. But the little brochure online looks amazing. Like imagine Coco Cay with like a South Pacific coral reef. Oh, what? Are you kidding me? And um, and there also looks like there's some cultural stuff built into it. And it it just look it up. It's L-E-L-E-P-A. Perfect day in Lalepa. And uh, wow. Wow. It it just wow. That's all I can say. Okay. Sounds really cool. Is that one on your list? It's not. <laughs> okay. All right. What's your number two? My number two is Curacao. Curacao. Bombini. That's really for all the ABC Islands. Bon Beanie. I'm probably saying it wrong, but it, it's too late now. It's too late. Um, so I picked Curacao as my number two because I like the pictures of the really colorful buildings. Yes. I've the, heard it's the amazing there. Downtown Willemstad. I think mm-hmm. it's Willemstad. Yeah. Um, I've just, I've heard nothing but good things about it. And I mean, you live with me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and I was supposed to be there last week. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is that it? That's all you got? Um, Diving was the last point that I had on there. Okay. All right. I, so, I mean, I don't know much more about it other than I just heard it's a great port. Yeah. Well, uh, look, um, let's, just, let's just go to my number one. Because it's Curacao. That's right. Curacao, baby. You know it's going to be my number one. Bombini, everybody. That's where I got that word from. And it is my favorite port that I've been to. And it is beautiful. And I've only been there once. And it's amazing. And the little downtown area is beautiful with the old Dutch uh, Caribbean architecture. And I only snorkeled there. and But the biodiversity was top-notch and the people were friendly and I just want to go back and stay there for years so yeah I mean it's my number one but actually the reason I have it as my number one on my list the notes I put here is Bon Beanie obviously and um, so much I want to see there and I can't wait to get you there I Part of my motivation for a lot of ideas I had for this list was places that I really wanted you to see. Like St. Thomas didn't make my list, but I thought about it because I, I like St. Thomas and I, and I know you want to see St. Thomas. You, you had to have known it was going to be on my list. I, I suspected. It was a suspicion. But yeah, I mean, I, I get, I mean, everybody knows. Look, it's, it's really fun when you experience something new and amazing, but it's, just as fun and in some cases maybe even more fun to then bring somebody else there that you care about and share that experience with them and to see them going through the emotion and the excitement that you went through you get to kind of relive it and i don't know it just it just makes it really really cool so curacao is my number one you're so sweet i'm paid well 
<laughs> What's your number one? My number one is Bonaire. Bonaire. Okay. Well, there you go. Tell us about Bonaire from your perspective. Um, well, you put, what did you say? Fantastic diving? What words did you use? Legendary. Legendary. I believe the word I used was legendary. I put, I put amazing diving. Which okay. it's not quite the adjective as no, legendary. It's, it's but not, but it's, you know. But that was and my other big reason um was blue lizards. Well those are on all the ABC islands. I know, but I put it on Bonaire because Bonaire was my number lizards. one. Yeah. So I I know that it's on the others. But yeah. I put it on Bonaire. Okay. Because Bonaire was my number one. Okay. That's and cool. I didn't think I could put it on all of them. Anyways, so Bonaire is my number one. Okay, I mean, look, the other thing about Bonaire and all the ABC Islands is that they're they're also very unique for being Caribbean islands because their ecosystem is tropical, but it's also desert. So that makes them a little different and a little exciting to me. It's like a an added little zing of excitement. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to experience that because that sounds really interesting yeah i yeah yeah so okay how many of these did we uh match up on Two. we matched up on bonaire and curacao and curacao yeah that, that was it that was it um i thought you were gonna say coco k that's well, why coco, i said three i so i did have coco k up there um but i moved it down for cozumel did we get all four of your Runner up? No, I've or? only I only said two of them. So Aruba was on there as well because I had to add all of ABC, but I didn't want to put all of ABC in my top seven because I had too many to choose from. Yeah. So I moved one out. Um, and then Grand Cayman was the other one because Grand Cayman is one of my favorite ports like Cozumel. Kind of similar reasons. There's so much to do. I've been there four times, done something different every time. It's also my first wild dive <laughs> with you. Yes. Well, I mean, wild dive in general, but it was with you and yeah. it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, like I, I almost just put one of the ABC islands on there for the same reason, but I couldn't, I wanted, I had to put Bonaire on there and I couldn't leave Curacao off because come on. And, uh, but yeah, all those places you mentioned, I mean, there, there are a lot of Caribbean islands I haven't been to yet and I'm chomping at the bit to get to all of those and experience them. And, uh, and of course places like Roatan, you know, I want to get back there again. So there's just so many places to go. So much to do. So much to see. So much to experience. Can't wait to get back to cruising and traveling and uh, enjoying this beautiful planet. Let's keep it that way. What are your favorite or not favorite, but what are your top ports you can't wait to visit? Send us an email and tell us why so we can share that with the world Fantastic cruising at gmail.com. Drink. It's cruise creature time for this week. I thought since we were traveling to Australia, we might as well pick an animal from Australia. And I wanted to pick something from the Great Barrier Reef, but I didn't want to go with, you know, the common thing the a beautiful fish or. You know, great like white shark. Great white shark. They're not really great white sharks could be in the Great Barrier Reef, but that's not the part of Australia where you find the great whites all the time because that's that's the warmer water and so they great whites like the cold water. Not that they can't that they can't be there, but it's kind of like a great white in the Florida Keys. 
They're not, that's not their, that's not their turf. They okay. just, they're just passing through. That's just what I think of when I think of waters in Australia. I know, but see, that's the thing. It's a continent. So there's a lot of different areas in Australia with a lot of different animals. So the Great Barrier Reef has sort of a different sort of ecosystem that is not great white shark territory. More tiger shark territory in the Great Barrier Reef than great white. But we're not talking sharks today. No, 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 no. We're talking one of my favorite animals. The sea snake. Oh, my mom will love this. <laughs> sea snakes. And uh, there are a lot of sea snakes. Uh, good news, though, there really aren't any sea snakes in the Caribbean. So you don't have to worry. If you're worried about sea snakes, which you really shouldn't be, which we'll get into that, you really don't need to be and shouldn't be because there aren't any in the Caribbean. So if you're not cruising, if you are cruising in the Caribbean, just don't even worry about it. If you are cruising in some place like Australia or the Maldives, uh, then yes, there are sea snakes there. Here's the bad news. Sea snake venom is some of the most toxic venom in the entire world of serpents. It is super duper toxic. I think that's the scientific terminology for it. Super duper. Yes. I mean, they use these like LD numbers that have to do with potency per drop and stuff. It's super duper. Okay. Super duper toxic. Now, uh, that's not a problem because these are also, they're curious animals, but they are not aggressive animals. Bites from sea snakes are extraordinarily rare. How rare, you ask? Well, uh, there was in 2018 a fisherman who pulled a sea snake on board in Australia and was bitten and died from that. Before that, the last sea snake envenomation that resulted in a human fatality in Australia happened in the 30s to a pearl diver. So you don't have to really worry about it. Okay. It's super rare. Why is it rare? Because these snakes, they don't, they're not used to threats that would be like a human. So if you don't grab the snake, you're not going to step on it. That's, that's the way most people get bitten by terrestrial snakes. They, if they're not grabbing it, they're either trying to catch it or kill it or they stepped on it or like right in front of it. Well, you're probably not going to be in that situation with sea snakes. If you grab one, it will probably bite you, although it might not. So don't do that. But these guys are uh, their closest relatives in the terrestrial snake world are the elapids. So that's like your cobras and your mambas and your taipans and all of your super toxic snakes. But these guys are different. So sea snakes, they... They spend, most of them, almost all of them, spend their entire lives in the water. The only time you're going to see a sea snake for most species, and I'm, I'm going to focus on one called the olive sea snake, because I don't want to focus on all of them, so just the olive <laughs> sea snake, is if, there, if there's something wrong with it, like if it's sick and it washed up on shore, basically. In fact, with just a few exceptions, or maybe one exception, the olive sea snake, like most sea snakes, they don't even have the belly scoots that most snakes have. So if you're if you're not familiar with snake scales, most snakes, the common pattern is that they have little scales on their side, on their back, like on the top. And then on their belly, they have these kind of large scales that are sort of like tread or traction that they use to, to grip the ground or the tree or whatever they're on. Well, sea snakes don't have that. Instead, they have a laterally compressed tail. So that means flattened like 
up and down, which makes sense because that's like a paddle and they're using that to swim. Now, obviously, these are not egg layers because reptile eggs would drown if they were in the water. So these animals are born live and uh, they usually have a few babies, not a whole lot. The babies are on their own as soon as they're born, though. So they, they are born from mom and they're on their own. And they have to worry about things like osprey and sharks and stuff like that will eat them. They are going to focus on eating. Most of them are going to focus on eating things like fish. They There's some that might eat crustaceans and, and that sort of thing. But this is part of why they have such toxic venom. So if you are, uh, let's say a rattlesnake, okay. And you're going to, let's say you're going to feed on, on a, let's just say a rat. Let's just be generic, say a rat. So you're, you're sitting in your rattlesnake spot and you're, you're waiting cause that's what rattlesnakes do. And then along comes a rat and then you bite the rat and, and this is how it works. Uh, you bite the rat, inject venom into the rat. The rat hops off in, in pain and very upset with you and, uh, and dies. So it takes a minute. It might take 15 minutes. It might take two minutes for the rat to eventually perish from the venom. Well, the rattlesnake's not really in much of a hurry. It just kind of waits a little bit and then out comes the tongue and it starts smelling, tasting some something that we don't really understand because we don't have it, but their version of that. And, um, and it follows the trail of the rat. Now I have, I used to have a rattlesnake that I, that I kept personally. And when I, I usually feed my snakes pre-killed food, but I did feed this rattlesnake live one time or two times or a few times because I, because I wanted to see the process. And, um, and I, and I had this rattlesnake in, in about a 10 gallon, uh, terrarium and it bit the mouse. Okay. So this is not a big space. The mouse jumped all around, like did laps around the 10 gallon and then died. Probably did that for about 30, 45 seconds. And then about another 30 seconds go by and all of a sudden rattlesnake's tongue starts coming out and uh, it basically, the mouse perished almost right by the rattlesnake's head. But this snake followed the trail that this mouse took erratically around the terrarium until it came upon the mouse and ate it. Now, that seems silly in a 10 gallon, but in the wild, that makes perfect sense because it's going to have to find that food item. So that's that's what it does. That's that's how it's adapted to find its food and get its food. Well, if you're a sea snake, you can't do that. If you bite your food and then it swims off to die, something else is going to eat it. You're not going to be able to, to trace it, track it down very easily. So you need some pretty potent venom because you need to incapacitate and kill that prey item like now. Not tomorrow, not in two minutes, now. So they have super toxic venom to help them get their food. Now, they have fixed fangs, which is the same as a lapids, like cobras and mambas and taipans. Um, they don't fold like our rattlesnakes do here, and our water moccasins and copperheads do. But they're also bigger than, say, our coral snakes here that we have, like in the United States. So fixed fangs, but they're, they're a little bit bigger than than a coral snake, but they're not as big as the folding fangs of the rattlesnake. So they're pretty interesting. Now, the olive sea snake can get up to about six and a half feet long, and they can go down to about 230 feet, but they're usually in shallow water. They're usually between like 30 feet and a, like maybe 130 feet. So that's, that's like their, 
their zone that they like to be in, they do have to go up and breathe air from the surface. I mean, they are reptiles. They have lungs. They don't have gills. Although they do have the ability, scientists think, to get some oxygen from the water, which helps them stay underwater longer. We know some turtles can do that. You'll hear people like me say they breathe through their butt, really their cloaca. But um, with, with these sea snakes, they, they may have a way to get a little bit of oxygen out of the water to help them stay submersed for longer periods of time. But they eventually are going to have to go up every two hours at the, at the longest and take a gulp of air before they go back down. Now, another problem they have is that they want to stay hidden because they do have a lot of predators. So it turns out that the olive sea snake and a lot of other sea snakes have photoreceptors, especially in their tail. And these photoreceptors, what they do is, is they pick up light. And so the reason they, they think this is an advantage for these snakes is imagine you are a sea snake on the coral reef and you want to hide from predators, but maybe you don't have the greatest vision. Maybe you can't tell that your tail's hanging out the back. Well, if you have photoreceptors in your tail, you can tell if it's light or dark, and then you can make sure to tuck that tail in. So when that shark comes by, it doesn't just pull you out by your nethers and have you for lunch. So that's pretty cool. Now, one of the most interesting things, and we actually had a trivia question on the last cruise we were on, and I, this is how I found out about this, and I had to do research because I had never heard this, but it's fairly new research. It has to do with how sea snakes drink water. So for a long time, all the books, and still most of the books say this, and all the books I had read say that sea snakes, like many other marine reptiles, have glands to excrete salt. So they drink the salt water, they drink the seawater, and then they excrete it through these glands. And this may still be true. In fact, it's definitely true. They have the salt glands. They do excrete salt. But it may not be true that they can live from drinking salt water. So one of the cool things about being a snake is that you don't, you're really good at water retention, water conservation. You don't lose water through your skin. Snakes on land, they don't sweat. Uh, so a snake on land can go for, as long as it's not too hot, they can go for weeks or even months without drinking water. So, you know, we, you and I can't do that. We can go like maybe a couple days or something without drinking water. Sea snakes similarly can go a long time without drinking water. Now you go, well, there's water everywhere. Why don't they just drink it? Well, because maybe they can't. It turns out, this is really cool, that what there's a scientist from the University of Florida who have done a bunch of research on the pelagic sea snake, which is our yellow-bellied sea snake. And it turns out that what they think sea snakes are doing is they're waiting for a rainstorm. And when it rains, of course, the rain that falls down is fresh water. And fresh water is less dense than salt water. So what does it do? It floats on the surface. And what these scientists have observed in the wild is that all of these sea snakes that they've observed, they will go up when it rains, right after it rains, and they will drink water from that surface source. Now, I don't know if that's just because they prefer that water or if they require that water. I think that question still remains to be answered, but it seems like there's evidence mounting that they may require 
that as a water source, which is really interesting to me. And now these scientists are posing the question as, as to whether um, maybe sea turtles are doing similar things. Although a lot of sea turtles live in aquariums that don't have any access to rain. So I, I don't know about that one. But anyway, the olive sea snake, really cool animal. I would love, love, love to see a sea snake. And if you think I'm crazy, like I said, 1935 people, and then if you're holding them fishing, these are not animals you need to be afraid of. These are animals that are very curious, but they're not aggressive at all. So I would love to see a sea snake in the wild. Really, really high on my list of, of animals I'd like to see. Cool. You answered the one question I had. The one question you well, had? What was the one question you had? I mean, yeah, you were saying a lot of stuff and I was looking at pictures. So I zoned out slightly because I was looking at pictures of them. But the question I had was... <laughs> there will be a quiz! <laughs> the question I had was about breathing. And you answered that question. Breathing, yes. Yeah, I, I wanted to know if they had to breathe air or not. All reptiles have to breathe air. Well, I mean, I assume, they but... Have to, they breathe oxygen, but they get it from well, an air source. You, you know they what have I lungs. Mean. They all have lungs. Snakes all have two lungs, but a lot of species have... A big lung and a small lung. I think there might be a couple that have completely lost one of their lungs, but most of them have two, and most of them, one of them smaller and bigger, but they still use both of them. So they, they're, you know, they're they're sort of in that evolutionary process of of still having two lungs. But if you were to revisit the snake in another several million years of evolution there's a good chance that they will most of them will have one lung all right well that's going to about wrap it up but i just i'm just going to give you guys a little peek behind the curtain for those of you that are not in the know for those of you that have always turned off the podcast when you hear the music come back up guess what you may have noticed that there's more minutes than there should be at the end of the podcast there's a reason for that if you've never listened past the credits then perhaps this is the time you should, because we always have something after the credits. And today, if you like our cruise limericks, well, I'm just saying you should listen past the credits. And with that, Kimbra, go ahead and take us out. With that, we will head for the horizon. And until next time, seize the day. Have a fantastic week, everybody. And welcome back. If you're the first, this is the first time you've listened past the credits, welcome. And uh, go back and listen to all the other ones because we've got other limericks in some of the more recent episodes and sometimes just fun, sometimes funny, sometimes stupid stuff after the credits. So thank you. And today you're going to get treated to four limericks. Two from me and two from Kimbra. That was really good math. I'm proud of you. It was simple math. That's why it was good math. (laughs) the best kind of math is the simple math (laughs) so who's gonna go first you can i'm going first again yeah all right okay ladies first that doesn't make any sense. i know all right here is my here's my first limerick 
I traveled so far out to sea to find the perfect drink just for me. The bartended their craft in a pub near the aft, and I declared, this must be alchemy. That was good. <laughs> All right. Well, we won't be compromising on our suitcase we pack our supplies in. We are ready right now, Aruba Bonaire Curacao, when we sail on the Carnival Horizon. Yay! Eventually we'll get on that ship. Eventually. All right, here's my second limerick. And this is a this is a good one. This is appropriate. This is apropos. Is that that makes sense in this situation? If you say these new rules are too cruel, I'd rather stay home by the pool. I say so be it, if that's how you see it, but I prefer my boat drinks half full. Hmm. All right. How about this one? Next time we visit the Florida Keys, scuba diving will be such an ease. We might see a shark when we dive in the dark. Can we do it again, please, oh, please? <laughs> yes. Yes, we can. And sooner rather than later. 